This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How goes it? Happy Thursday. Uh, already. Very nearly Sam, August. that means it's Friday tomorrow. Very nearly August and very nearly my birthday. So what can be wrong? Nothing. When's your birthday? Wednesday. Oh, that's exciting. It's got a zero in it. Do we all sing when you when oh that's, that's very exciting. Do we all sing? <laughs> yes, you can do on Thurs on Wednesday. Cool. So Moira, I would like to introduce our guest today. Our guest is Tom Mann from Sydney. Welcome, Tom. Hey there, Moira and Sam. How are you going? I'm going very well indeed. And how are you going? Yeah, not too bad. I've actually just finished work for the day, so it's very uh, very on brand with the conversation, I would think. Um, but doing well. During lockdown, we were called our bubbles. How was your bubble? My, my bubble uh, has been good. It, it's been burst a couple of times, but apart from that, it's been quite nice. I've, you know, I can't complain. I've got a nice view of the water. Uh, my work's been very flexible with everything, so been enjoying it actually. It's uh, working from home's a whole new experience for me, so it's good. You're on the north end of the Harbour Bridge. I am. I'm. I'm actually looking at it as we speak out the window. Uh, so on the north side of the bridge, uh, directly across from the Opera House. So I'm. I'm very spoiled in that regard. Um, but sitting at my dining room table, so I don't necessarily have a desk, but uh, you know I'm happy here at the dining room table. So how was your, your lockdown experience? You were, who, were, who were you with and so on? Well, uh, so we were actually due to travel. My, my girlfriend, Samantha, and I were due to travel actually to the Maldives, which was, uh, of course, cancelled three days before we were supposed to leave. Uh, so we decided to travel down south, the, the southern end of New South Wales. And while we were away was when the big lockdown happened. So we actually got kicked out of our accommodation because it shut uh, while we were there. Um, but we sort of made the most of it. We ended up moving back a little bit further north and, you know, hanging by the beach for a couple of days. But then that's when the real sort of lockdown happens. So the proper, you know, 14 days minimum isolation and, you know, you're home now. So, I mean, there's, there's worse places to be than home. And were you working from home? Uh, yes. Yep. So uh, I've been working from home since the 16th of March, actually. I know the exact date. Uh, and, you know, apart from, you know, internet issues and things like that, which of course happen, uh, it's been quite good. Uh, work's been very open with everything and, 
you know, they've sent me a brand new headset and they're going to send me a monitor finally. Uh, so <laughs> the monitor's on its way. Uh, but it's good. So you're still working at home? Yes, yeah. So we're actually, I work for quite a large company which is based in New York. So we're working off their guidelines. And their guidelines are basically that I'm going to be working from home for at least the next 12 months, I would think. Um, so there's only 5% of the office has gone back, uh, which isn't that many people when you think about it. Uh, yeah, at least the next 12 months. So I've got to get used to it. And if so if you like stopped wearing trousers? Uh, you wouldn't believe how often uh, I'll be on a very important call, but I'll be wearing my big fluffy blue robe. <laughs> Um, in fact, I've actually uh, I've, I've decided to wear jeans today, so I'm dressing up. Let's take the first of your music choices. Shall we have the Mr. Brightside by The Killers? Why this Always. one? Uh, well, it's actually my sort of first festival experience. Uh, I went to Big Day Out on the Gold Coast with a couple of mates, and this was the first band, the first major band that I saw. Uh, and, you know, right before the big sort of crescendo of the song, they, you know, let the streamers fly out and everyone went absolutely nuts. So since then, it's always been my cover photo on Facebook, that exact moment.
You said the bubble burst. What happened? Uh, well, the, the, it, when I say the bubble burst, it's very much a first world problem. Uh, so I haven't been able to go on my, my trips and all that sort of thing. Um, of course, I, I've had some family members that actually contracted COVID. Uh, so I'm not sure if you've heard of the infamous Ruby Princess uh, <laughs> here in Sydney, but I had, I had about six family members on that. So three of them got it, but they're oh, thankfully they? okay. So uh, yes, yeah. So that's my little burst. Uh, but apart from that, it's been good. Your mum didn't uh, it's been, get it. It's, a, it's been a kind of no. Mum didn't get it. No, uh, aunt, uncle, and cousin, not to name their names, but uh, <laughs> them. Because she she called in here on on the way really? through. Yeah, oh, she yes, did. She did. Yeah, yes, she did. Yes, so she did. So there was the big thing about the the Ruby Princess. Its last port before it went back across the Tasman was here. Yeah, we decided to drag our uh, <laughs> drag our disease across the long white cloud. So how are things going in in Sydney in general? How's the mood? So uh, it's it was positive. Um, so we, we got down to sort of around the, you know, 300 active cases nationwide at one point. Uh, but then, of course, as you know, Melbourne has accelerated, uh, accelerated in its rates, and that's now come across the border uh, here into Sydney. So not where I am. Uh, the closest case to me is probably about an hour's drive. Sydney is a lot bigger than you sort of anticipate. Um, but it, it's it's making the the long march across the CBD, so uh, we're battening down the hatches. The hatches, that's for sure. So, is it a, is it an actual move back into lockdown? You're preparing for? Uh, at this stage, no. Um, I mean, there's already sort of restrictions on restaurants. You know, you can't have a group booking over ten. You know, it's only a certain number of people allowed per square meterage. Uh, Two days ago, we've actually just been told that we, we can't go into Queensland anymore. So anyone from the greater Sydney region can't go into Queensland. Uh, that's from Saturday at midnight. Um, so it's it's getting there, but it's not there yet. Uh, there, there are calls for us to completely lock down again, as we originally did, which was, you know, no restaurants, uh, all that sort of stuff. But it uh, doesn't seem to be happening. You can't claim Queensland citizenship on... So let me in. I've got a no, birthright. No, yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? Kind of uh, let me let me come home. Uh, I, I am actually going up on uh, Friday, uh, so I'm going up before the lockdown, um, and I've had to do a border declaration pass to say that I haven't been into any hotspot areas and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but if I was going a day later, birthright doesn't matter. But other than that, you are able to to get out and about, and the, the shops are open and so on. Yeah, for sure. So uh, a lot of people are wearing face masks, uh, myself included, when they go to the shops. So down into Pitt Street Mall, which is sort of major street in the city. Uh, so it's not a requirement, but it does seem that a lot of people are doing that. Uh, apart from that, uh, bars, uh, pubs and things are all open. Uh, I haven't been to any nightclubs for, for quite some time. Uh, I think I've, I'm slowly getting past that. But uh, as far as I know, you're not allowed to dance in the nightclub. So it's sit and drink and chat. Which isn't the end of the world for me. That sounds great. <laughs> you could like dance just a little bit. Yeah, if nobody notices. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it'd be a little bit difficult with something like Sweet Caroline to not dance and you know pump your hands up in the air. But uh, apart from that, not too bad. And what are you going north for? Uh, so interestingly, my my cousin's wedding, which has its own levels of restrictions. Uh, so my cousin Lauren's getting married. Uh, again, no dancing uh, as long. Well, actually, you can dance. It's an it's an interesting rule. You can dance 
but not on a dance floor. So you can sit at your table or be around your table and dance, but not in a congregated area. So we're always just sort of going to be far apart from each other, watching each other dance like goofballs, which Maybe again, you... doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Maybe you can dance if you're standing on the table. Yeah, well, I'd probably end up doing that anyway if, if <laughs> I've had enough of a good time. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be hosting. I'm going to be hosting the wedding, so it's actually going to be my sort of duty uh, as MC to inform everyone that you know you can have fun, but not too much fun. Have you written your speeches? I gave it a go. I, I don't know. I, I've my, my sort of speech is, is an idea that uh, I'm going to say the speech as if it was written in May last year when I was asked to be the MC. So I'm going to talk about how excited we are to hit the dance floor and how great it is that, you know, Christina came all the way from Seattle and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then as I go, sort of edit the speech. And that's my, that's my idea to give it a sort of a light twist. And when have you got to have this done by? 8th of August. So I've got a little bit of oh, time. Oh, you've got a tons I've, of time. It's not, my... this, it's not this Friday. Uh, I've... No, no, it's not this Friday. Not Well, I'm leaving this Friday, but it's the week after. So I've got a bit of time. Got a bit of time. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, koutou hau. You're all having this day, beautiful superstar in your beloved universe. And I really hope whatever is happening around, wherever you are, this journey that we're all on together is illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, the triumph of nature's perfect week and here is better. Thank you. I also really hope that you're having lots of experiences that are very nourishing for you and fulfilling you and stimulate, excite, inspire and relaxing and rejuvenating all these things that you deserve. And I've been particularly grateful for this time that we have together each day, these five minutes. really helped me to reframe and collect my thoughts, celebrate my experiences from the day as a creative inspiration for this time with you. So thank you very much. So today it's been a wonderful time of celebrating that relationship with change. And as we all know, we've had to move through a great series of collective changes over the last several months from lockdown level four, level three. Here we are again in level one. And I think for all of us, it's been a series of changes on a level that we're really not used to experiencing collectively. But I think that it has been so positive for us in Aotearoa, New Zealand. We have worked very well together as a dream team of five million. And we're now welcoming back more and more of our beloved community to return from overseas and of course something that really allows us to celebrate change and celebrate our ability to change and adapt and evolve and co-evolve is our relationships and our friendships and I've been very lucky that two of my dear dear friends of course I haven't seen for some time I have been able to reconnect with today And both of them reminded me of all the changes that we've been through since we've known each other over the last more than 10 years of our lives. And it's not just visual changes, although of course there are huge visual changes. When I first met both of these dear friends, I had very long rainbow dreadlocks that were all decorated with sea creatures and fur and bells and a water pistol and a mirror and constantly this 
artwork in this masterpiece was evolving to reflect where I was at creatively, what I was inspired by. And we've both changed over this time, not only outwardly, but of course inwardly. And those two realms work together, as we know. And although we live in different places now, we have kept in touch, but seeing each other again in the flesh today was just wonderful. And so it really reminded me of the importance of celebrating all those changes and acknowledging now that although we've had to make these very rapid changes and it's natural to feel these speed wobbles as we move through these changes, we can get through this. We will adapt. We will continue to co-evolve. And by speaking with our dear friends who've known us for a long time, we can find the support and reassurance. So not only did I enjoy reconnecting with my dear human friends that I've had for the last 10 years, but I also introduced them to a lot of my dear friends at Otokanui that I've had for the same time, more than 10 years, and they were meeting for the first time. So I hope for you, you're able to connect with your long-term relationships, whether that's with other human animals, with places in the natural world, the real world, the living world that you love, with aspects of yourself that you go within and connect with when you need that comfort and support, or maybe with new aspects of yourself that you're just building that relationship with. And I'll look forward to talking to you more tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti. So what's your home office looking like? <laughs> well, uh, it's a dining room table uh, and I've got my notebook and I've got a folder and I've got my laptop with a bunch of chargers and wires and everything over it. So it's not pretty, uh, but it gets the job done. It's minimalist, I'll say. I'll give it that twist. Pretend that it's cultured in some way. Are you getting up and pretending to commute by you know, walking around the house a few times before you sit down? I'm probably the worst example of that. I, I start work at nine. I'm out of bed by about 8.56, I would say. <laughs> so that's just, en- just enough time to have a shower uh, and log into the computer. And then I'm ready for the day. You could probably get away without the shower. Uh, yeah, I think that's more for a personal comfort uh, rather than anything else. Um, sort of stewing in my own juices is a, you know, not, not a good way to start the day. So what work are you doing? Uh, so I'm a, a consultant slash portfolio manager for a rather large financial institution. Uh, so I look after uh, a couple of wealthy people. And when I say a couple, there's about 50 of them that I look after. So I do all their travel and concierge, so concert tickets, flower deliveries. Um, so obviously the travel side of things has taken a pretty massive hit. Uh, so it's been interesting to see my job evolve. Uh, you know, I'm quite, quite happy to still have a job. Um, so I've been doing quite a large array of things, like even figuring out the quarantine rules for people that have to go and visit family, you know, over an island and all that sort of thing. So it's been a learning curve. Uh, it's been good in that respect. I presume these are wealthy people. Are they, is, are, yeah, are they, are mean, they feeling they, this pandemic the same way? Some of them are. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, they've all got, you know, a couple of dollars to their name for sure. But um, some of them are doing fine. Uh, you know, I had a guy buy a Ferrari two days ago, so he's obviously doing all right for himself. Um, apart from that, uh, I think the main thing is that financially speaking, they're doing fine for the most part. I think uh, for these people that go out to concerts and restaurants and all that sort of thing all the time, you know, a couple of times a week to very high-end places, it's been a bit of a culture shock for them, I think. Uh, you know, for, for us that, you know, maybe go to a restaurant, you know, 
once a fortnight, maybe, and all that sort of thing, it probably doesn't hit us in the same way. Uh, so I think that maybe we're okay to take it a little bit better, perhaps. Uh, yeah, it's been interesting. We've seen lots of changes over the the last however many months it is. What do you think is going to stick? I've lost track. <laughs> uh, Changes-wise, wow, yeah. Uh, I think I have a feeling that wearing a mask when you're ill is going to stick for a long time because it's already something that, as you know, in a lot of uh, Southeast Asian countries, it's what, what you do. It's what's sort of almost expected, and it's a, it's a politeness. It's a culture, cultural kindness, you could say. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that stuck around with a lot of people. Um, social distancing, not so much, because I think people aren't really doing it in a lot of instances, well, in Sydney anyway, already. Uh, but I, I'd like to think that the mask thing would stick around. What's the tone of the messaging you're getting from the from the government? Is it a keep yourself safe? Is it keep everyone safe? Keep others safe? How are they casting that? It's definitely it's definitely been a keep others safe. And and originally, I remember seeing the Prime Minister Scott Morrison say that you know we're all doing a great job, fantastic, good on you, everyone. That mood very very quickly changed. Uh, it's now become don't be selfish. Uh, you have made this mistake. And, and definitely in some instances, uh, particularly in the larger cities, that is the case. The people are just, I don't know if they're bored of the virus or what, but the, it, the attitude has changed over time. What's the, how, how are they managing the balance between the, we need to do this for society, for health, and the businesses want to, to reopen and get back to something resembling normal it's sort of mixed messages almost depending on state uh, i know that in new south wales there's been a very large uh, wanting for businesses to remain open or open more than they currently are whereas in queensland uh, it's become a lock the border down lock businesses down uh, you know it's it's interesting that there's sort of different mentalities almost depending on I don't know whether it's what's coming through in the news, whether it's what people are talking about on the street, but there is definitely a disparity there. Let's lighten the mood with some aqua. Which one are you having? Carbon, the cartoon heroes. Why this? Cartoon heroes, that's the one. Uh, now, this is a, a funny story to put out to the world. Um, it's actually the first time and only time that I ever got high was with the band Aqua on a beach in Coolangatta, <laughs> Queensland at two o'clock in the morning. Don't ask me how it happened. Uh, it was a long story. Okay, I'm asking how that happened. They were clearly Fine. in Australia. All right. Yeah, uh, they, they weren't holograms or anything like that. Um, my friend Tyrone and I heard that Aqua was playing at the local establishment. Uh, so we went down, checked it out, because why not? Um, we stayed back a little bit later. We were playing a game of pool. And then the, the lead woman from Aqua, and I cannot remember her name, she came out. Surely it's Barbie. That was a great... Oh, well, you would think let's, so. Let's imagine you? it's Barbie. Um, first name Barbie, surname girl. Um, so she, she walked out uh, and we said to her, oh, great show. That was fantastic. And she goes, oh, yes, but, uh, you know, I'm so sweaty. And then uh, my, my friend made a rather crude remark, uh, uh, which, which, I, which I won't say. Uh, and then just out of pure shock at his audacity to say such a thing, she said, we should go out and have a drink. So we went to the beach uh, with the entire band and 
one thing led to another. We are what we're supposed to be. Illusions of your fantasy. All dots and lines that speak and say what we do is what you wish to do. We are the Carla Symphony. We do the things you want to see. getting back to normal do you think it's going to be a back to normal or is it a back to something else it's going to be back to something else for sure uh particularly uh you know which isn't necessarily a bad thing uh, i think a lot of people are seeing as back to normal as uh, or not back to normal rather as being a negative a negative thought process i think that 
you know, we're learning a lot of things about, you know, how to stay healthy, how to keep active when there's no sort of alternative. Um, I, I like to think that people are going to be more active. I, I like to think that people are going to be out more. They're going to appreciate more. They're going to go out to the park and sort of take a breath of fresh air, which you otherwise took for granted. Um, I know that I definitely take, you know, the beach. I haven't been to the beach in a long time and I love the beach. Um, so things like that. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's great. Where Tom grew up on the beach, not swimming. Yes, what? that's a good point. I, <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, not not to the extent that you swim, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I um, I would occasionally go for a morning bodyboard, but that I think was just to try and look cool, which I didn't. Um, <laughs> there was no passion behind it. But then you got a job lifeguarding in Florida. Yeah, well, surprisingly, I was one of the fastest swimmers, and I don't know if that was my Australianness. Or, or maybe it was the hiring process at, uh, at Disney World where I was lifeguarding. But, uh, yeah, that was good fun. Are you not allowed on the beach? We are. We are allowed on the beach. But because of where I'm living, it's about 40 minutes or so on public transport to get there if I were to take public transport. And it's just something that I don't personally feel comfortable with at the moment is jumping on a bus with a bunch of other people going to the beach because uh, I don't really need to. I mean, I don't need to go to the beach. Um, yes, you do. If I live closer, I would be. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. If I live closer, I'd be going a lot more. But uh, I mean, I grew up uh, a 35 second walk away from the shoreline. So 40 minutes for me seems like a big deal to get to the water. Do you go, is that a bus across to, is it across to Manly? Yeah, it'd be over to Manly. So I can either do a bus or I can head into Circular Quay, which is the busiest point probably in Australia, uh, and then get a ferry across from there. So it takes a fair bit of time. Uh, so, yeah, just not happening. Are you close to a ferry that goes back across to Circular Quay? I am, yeah. So it's about a 10-minute walk to the ferry, a five-minute ferry over to Circular Quay, and then probably another 30 minutes uh, over to Manly. So it's quick-ish. Um, but not what I'm used to. Again, taking it for granted, that's the thing. So once this is all over, I'll, I'll be going a lot more. You can just sit and look Hopefully at the, that is my... You're looking out at Sydney Harbour, so it's not a bad thing. No, I mean, there's, wor there's worse spots, as I said. Uh, I've definitely got a pretty good view, um, which, again, I take for granted. Uh, so hopefully that new normal becomes being happy with what we've got. I should be stoked with what I've got. So, yeah. I'm appreciating life. I've I'm noticed just... um, here in Bakatani, like we've got Ohopi Beach, which is this beautiful, white, sandy, gorgeous beach where everybody likes to swim and people are still not really going back to the beach yet. Even though we've been out of lockdown for a long time, we've sort of got used to not going to the beach and not being around big crowds of people. I mean, granted, it is the middle of winter here, but we don't really get proper winter. People still have shorts and T-shirts and jandals. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting because I never expected that. I thought everyone would just, like, run back to the beach and, oh, yay, we're, you know, but no. I'm wondering if that, to see that. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if, uh, on hearing that, maybe I'm being a bit idealistic that we all would run to the beach like some sort of Elvis movie with our surfboards. But, um, you know, we can only hope. There was a time during the, the strongest lockdown when the, there were no cars out. And we were all walking around on the streets saying, this is nice. We should just, we should do this. This is quite pleasant. And then as we moved down through the lockdown levels, we all got back in our cars and got busy again. Did you experience something like that? I think, like that? I 
Uh, yeah, I think hearing this from New Zealand, who we're all very jealous of, by the way, is, is sort of like a glimpse into the future. So it's interesting to hear. Um, again, uh, maybe I'm being idealistic. I, I, think that, uh, I think that I'm hoping that there'll be less cars on, on the road, but there won't be. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. How long do you reckon that people will, will keep it up for? You said that people are starting to get bored with it. Do you reckon it'll break down just because people just don't want to do it anymore? Yeah, I, I, it's already sort of starting to head that way. Um, so there's there's stickers on the trains and that sort of thing. So in the rare instance that I need to catch a train, I notice that people aren't sitting on their sticker. So you have a designated sticker to say, you should sit here and you should sit here. And already people don't care about the sticker. The sticker is just in the way almost. But um yeah, I think maybe it is It is a bit of boredom. It's a bit of uh, I'm over it. It's a bit of it doesn't affect me, um, which I know not everyone. Not everyone's doing. A lot of people are being fantastic with it, but there is a bit of that sort of not my problem, uh, which is starting to develop. There's going to be interesting artefacts around the city, around the place. In a few years' time, you'll see one of those stickers and point it out. One of those There's going dots. to be a beautiful shrine, a beautiful shrine to the sticker, 1.5 metres apart, and everyone will stand there not holding hands. It's going to be beautiful. You're talking about being happy with, with what you've got. Are you hearing much sort of attention being paid to well-being? Yeah, and it's it's been very interesting because I'm not the healthiest person on the planet, but, but even uh, myself, I've started to look at you know, having salmon with a salad rather than chips when I order from the shop um, and having a steak with veggies. And, you know, it's almost because I know that I need to look after myself. I'm fully aware that it's something that I should be doing. And it is something that's been on the on the television. I know that Boris Johnson over in the UK um, has, you know, he sort of mentioned that he's lost weight. And now everyone else should as well. Um and it's not often that I would agree with Boris Johnson, but perhaps we're here. Perhaps it's a it's a unique situation where it's happened. But um, maybe yeah, in, yeah, we we've sort of mm. maybe you need to 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 get COVID and survive in order to lose the weight like the Boris did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that he lost his weight from going out for a run. That's for sure. Um, but but. Um, yeah, I, I think that given my uh, four-minute commute from my bed to logging in, I now know that I should go out for a walk. I'm, I'm fully aware that I'm not getting the exercise that I normally would, you know, jumping on a train and getting into the city. So going for a walk around such a beautiful harbour, which by the sound of things, you guys have a beautiful sort of harbour as well. Not that bad. There's worse, there's worse ways to exercise than just going for a bit of a stroll. Are you making a point of having that stroll? I am. I've downloaded an app and everything to, to track my strolls. Um, not that not that they're uh, necessarily the, the most strenuous activity ever, but it's a little bit of incentive to go out and do something to beat my previous strolling record. You could stroll all the way to the beach. There's not limits on how far you can walk, has it? They're not saying stay very local. No, no, there, there was originally. So back in March, uh, there, there was that sort of limit. Um, but now go for as much much of a stroll as you want. Your app will be over you um, by the time you've done all your strolling you could do. Um, not saying I'm going to walk to Manly Beach at any point in time, but uh, I could if I wanted to. How's the perception of the government going? Have they got people support? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I personally 
didn't I didn't vote for this guy. We'll say that. Um, but I even think that they've done uh, quite a good job, to be perfectly honest. I think with the, with the lockdown situation, you know, maybe they took a leaf out of Jacinda's book. Um, but the original lockdown process that we went through, which was, I believe, stage four, so very similar to what you guys had, where you know, no restaurants and that sort of thing, that had quite a strong and positive reception from all sides of government. It was something that everyone supported. Um, and uh, I think that now it's come down to more of a state by state basis. So Victoria having the worst cases right now, they're on stage three lockdown, so they can't travel for non-essential reasons, that sort of thing. Uh, New South Wales can travel for non-essential reasons, um, which is you know good for me going to this wedding. Um, but as I mentioned, Queensland, on the other hand, I'm just slowly moving further north. Uh, they've, they've still got quite strict rules. Uh, so now that it's become a state by state thing, it's also become more partisan. When it was sort of a national rule, um, everyone was supportive and everyone was having quite an idealistic, utopian sense of politics, um, which is rare. It was good to see. Is the opposition, uh, how are they managing it? Are they contributing positively? Because ours didn't. Yeah. No. And, ours and, and, and they paid no, for no. it. Yeah, well, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, we, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the federal government and the opposition have similar ideas into how this should work. So we've had a couple of stimulus packages come in, which is traditionally a Labour Party sort of incentive. It's what got us through the GFC was one of these stimulus packages. And at the time in, what was it, 2008, the LNP, who is the government currently in power, were completely opposed to such an outrageous idea. Um, now they've done two stimulus packages and they're potentially looking at a third. Um, so the, the rules on economics have started to intertwine. Uh, I think that they'll always take a stab at each other because that's how it works and that's just the way it is. But they seem to be on the same page, just wording it a bit differently. It's all about rhetoric right now. Maybe you'll keep a prime minister for more than a year. Yeah, don't say that. Not with this one. <laughs> this is this is a this is old mate. Stop the boats. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh, you know, it, it would be interesting to have the same guy for a, you know the full term. It's going to be interesting in the next year or so, or almost the next decade, when politicians on whatever side say they can't do something, and everybody will say, "Yeah, you can." Remember how you said you couldn't shut down the economy? And you did? You can do anything. If you can shut down the economy, that gives you that gives you full leeway to do whatever you can. Um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. And I think that, you know, politics is going to change. It's going to evolve because we're now sort of looking almost at the uh, safety health aspect a lot more. Um, so perhaps cuts to hospitals are going to be less um, in the future. I mean, again, idealistic Tom over here. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think that this sort of bipartisan working together when it is a national, nay, global crisis, as you would call it, um, it's, in, it's interesting to see that it's possible to work together um, without you know, being angry at every policy. We can only hope.
is it? Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit me get up. First shot, come strut walking. A little bit of humble, a little bit of cautious. Somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby's for the game. Nope, nope, we all can't copy up. Glad, moonwalking. And this here is our party. My posse's been on Broadway and we did it all way. Chrome music. I shed my skin and put my bones into everything I record to it. And yeah, I'm on. Let that stage light go and shine on down. Soup game and plinko in my style Money, stay on my craft and stick around for those pounds But I do that to pass the torch and put on for my town Trust me, on my I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T This hustling, chasing dreams since I was 14 With the four-track bussin' Halfway across that city with the back, 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 back Crush it, labels out here Now they can't tell me nothing We give that to the people Spread it across the country Labels out here Now they can't tell me nothing We give it to the people Spread it across the country Here we go back This is the moment Tonight is the night We'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up Like the ceiling can't hold us Like the ceiling can't hold us Here we go back This is the moment Tonight is the night We'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up I'm so damn grateful. I grew up really wanna gold fronts, but that's what you get when Wu Tang raised you. Y'all can't stop me. Go hard like I got an eight away in my heartbeat. And I'm eating at the beat like it gave a little speed to a great white shark on shark. We walk. Time to go off. Gone. Deuces goodbye. I got a world to see. And my girl, she wanna see Rome. See, so make you a believer now. I never ever did it for a throne. That validation comes from giving it back to the people now. Sing this song and it goes like. Raise those hands, this is our party We came here to live life Like nobody was watching I got my city right behind me If I thought they got me Learn from that failure Gain humility And then we keep marching Can I we said, go back This is the moment Tonight is the night We'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up Like the ceiling can't hold us Like the ceiling can't have some questions to end the show with 
What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? In the last couple of years, the biggest success that I've had? Uh, well, uh, working at Disney World. I had a gap year at Disney World. I mean, how cool is that? That's the uh, modern day version of running away to the circus. Uh, I think that entire sort of year for me was absolutely brilliant. I met so many people. I engaged with so many different cultures, uh, lifeguarding. I saved a couple of kids, did all that sort of stuff. So I'd say that whole year, 2015 slash 16, was a pretty massive success for me. Are you still in contact with people? Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I was speaking to uh, actually all my roommates were Kiwis. So uh, I speak to them quite regularly. We actually had a... Uh, I guess you would call it a reunion in Melbourne just before the lockdown happened. So it was great to see all them. Uh, and of course, it was a Disney party. So me and my friends dressed up as the three fairies from uh, Sleeping Beauty, which was fantastic. Oh, sorry, from Cinderella. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was from Cinderella, the three fairies from Cinderella. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you're on our team. What's the superpower that's got you into our mansion? Ooh, I like that there's a mansion. That's exciting. Uh, my superpower would be uh, looking on the bright side, being able to joke about uh, basically anything, just about. Um, I think uh, without laughter, there's not much else you've got. So you can always have a laugh. That's me. That's my superpower is laughability, we'll call it. You can call me lol man. Maybe we should go out to the bright side. Oh, that's good. Good segue. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? No, not to the point that I probably should be. I'd say I'm definitely a social media activist. Um, I'm always ready to post something and donate to a cause and sign a petition. Uh, but you don't see me out at too many protests, that's for sure. So I sort of wish I was more of an activist. And it's sort of something that I've never really reflected upon until just now. Um, I'm a keyboard warrior, as they call it, but always for a good cause. A clicktivist. A clicktivist. Yeah, there we go. But you have done ability and I'm a clicktivist. You have done your share of door knocking. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have done. Uh, I've done my my fair share, especially with uh, with dad when uh, when I was about four or five (laughs) handing out pamphlets when he was running for mayor. Uh, (laughs) But apart from that, uh, you know, I'm always ready to don a red T-shirt and go out and hand out flyers for the Labour Party. Um, So in that regard, a little bit of an activist Um, and my previous journalism degree uh, slash law, uh, sorry, short term career, uh, I was always ready to give a voice to the little guy. The little guy handing out brochures in the shape of a person. Yes, uh, which I still have some. Oh, do you? That was the most. Yeah, the most fantastic pamphlet of all time. And for those listening, that was our dad's uh, pamphlet in the shape of a man because his surname was Man, and it had his footnote, of course, on the shoe, which is brilliant. Because you have a ridiculous, you must vote, so people don't know how to vote, so you you have to give them instructions on how to do it as part of your, your vote for me thing? I don't know if that's a policy. It probably is a policy that you have to tell people how to vote, but there is always that, so it's a... Vote one for Labour, put a number two as your second preference, number three. And then, of course, it goes right through to like 12. And there's always some like, you know, the boating, camping, fishing party or something is about number 12. Um, and it's transferable, isn't it? So it goes, you, so there's all deals about giving people your seconds and things. 
preferences, seconds, uh, you know, priorities, uh, all that sort of thing. So they, they seem to argue no matter what. So even your first preference as a counsellor, you'll still argue with your second preference. Um, so it's all just paper. It's all paper. <laughs> so what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> Four minutes before I start work. Um, what motivates me? Uh, that's a tough question. You know what? I think being able to know that I am relied upon for certain things. So my motivation is knowing that I am relied upon to do certain things. So there's, there's many a time when I won't want to get out of bed and I'll think, no, that customer needs me to do that today. Um, so maybe that is my motivation. My motivation is, is knowing that, you know, I'm not alone. We're all sort of working together. And uh, if you miss a single chain in the link, then the whole rope falls apart. What's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next couple of years? Biggest challenge I'm looking forward to uh, would perhaps be career growth. Um, so looking at, and it's something that I've been speaking about very recently with my managers, uh, whether I move up or across or sideways or, or what. Um, and it's sort of something very exciting because working in the travel career as I do is such an array. I, you know, I could work for an airline or I could work for a hotel or, you know, I could stick with the company I'm with now and work in partnerships or contracts. Or So I'm quite excited to see where that leads. could be anywhere. I've no idea. It's interesting that you've managed to find possibly the one bit of the travel industry that's not fallen, to, fallen apart. Yeah, well, my, my previous company and uh, actually our brother's previous company, uh, Flight Center, they, they lost quite a few, quite a few staff and uh, a lot of my friends and, and all that sort of thing, you know, they, they lost, lost their jobs. But I've been very, very, very lucky in counting my blessings. And so is my girlfriend who works for the same company. We have a job and a secure job at that. Brilliant. Absolutely stoked with the whole situation as, as much as I can be. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Ooh, advice for our listeners. Perhaps it goes back to my laughability uh, superpower. I think that uh, you should always be able to laugh at yourself. You should be able to laugh at a situation as long as it's obviously not too dire. Um, just go into things with a smile and a positive attitude. And uh, when you're at work, remember, just a job. It'll be okay. The sun will come up tomorrow and you can smile again. Thank you for that. Mawira. You reminded me of this um, really cool quote from Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own. You know what you know, and you are the one who will decide where you go. So, That's, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's pretty neat. It doesn't rhyme with green eggs and ham, but it is beautiful. <laughs> but we've got a Sam. <laughs> yes, good point. Yes, Sam, I am. <laughs> I am going to end the show. We'll go out to looking on the bright side of life. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Aim. Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten, then
There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Must always face the curtain with a bag. Forget about your seat. Give the audience a grin. Enjoy it. It's your last chance, anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath. Life's a piece of shit. When you look at it, life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true. You'll see it's all a show, keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look on the bright side of life. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. Find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've had a contribution from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and in Sydney, Tom Mann. We hope you enjoyed the show. You know, you come from nothing, you're going back to nothing. Or you lost. Nothing will come from nothing, you know what I say? Cheer up, you old bugger. Give us a quiz. There you are. See? In the film. Incidentally, this record's available in the foyer. Some of us want to live as well, you know. Burning, I said, they'll never make that money back. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.